Deb, we're recording this before Memorial Day. But we are. We are. We, we are. oftentimes like to celebrate the holidays mm-hmm. by having quizzes about the holiday. Is that true? I think we've had quizzes about your citizenship, which you failed miserably and should have had your American citizenship revoked. My recollection. No. Okay. So you. What's and the I, story you're telling yourself about that? <laughs> okay. You and I have totally different impressions. Have you bombed that of thing? Of all the quizzes that I take, you bombed I that thing I harder than well. Pearl Harbor. I think I do pretty well. Anybody and then who remembers all of a sudden this, you say like, "Hey, she's a sociopath. She can never be a cop or an American citizen." You failed those tests too, <laughs> but you really failed your citizenship test to the point of which I'm surprised. Ice didn't come in here. I didn't even do kind of good. No. You don't remember that? You didn't remember. I'm sure you I didn't did. remember free speech. <laughs> I remember the right to be happy, though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> One of those things that you can just do as an American. Yeah, yeah. So I have some Memorial Day trivia here, but unlike other quizzes we've done, I will give you multiple choice answers. Okay. Mm, I think I always think that's a trick. And here's one of the things that I love. Uh, Prior, last week, I had to do kind of a game show thing with a group that I work with, and I have all of that sound queued up here. How exciting for me. So we are going to play Memorial Day trivia with the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire theme and sounds. Perfect. Perfect. Right? Yeah. Deb, come on down. You're the next contestant on Who Wants to Be a Memorial Day Millionaire. If I win, I want the money. We're going to need a little more excitement than that, Deborah. If I win, I want the money. Love to hear it. Deb, here's your first question. Are you ready to play Who Wants to Be a Memorial Day Millionaire? So ready. Deborah. Yes. What was the original name for Memorial Day? Is it A, Remembrance Day? Is it B, Decoration Day, C, Civil War Soldier Day, or is it D, the Day of Remembrance? I'm going to go with... Do you want me to repeat those questions for you? I've got them. Is it A, Remembrance Day, (laughs) B, Decoration Day, C, Civil War Day, or D, the Day of Remembrance? So I'm going to eliminate Civil War Day because I think it's for all... Soldiers okay. of any time. So now, this was the that. original name for Memorial Day. Just, just so you know, before it was Memorial Day, it was called something else. Eliminating that. Okay. Okay. What is what is B? What was B? B is Decoration Day. Eliminating that. Okay. I'm gonna go with A. Remembrance Day. A Remembrance Day. Now, do you want to lock that in? I do. Super excited about my answer, by the way. Deb goes with A Remembrance Day. Sorry, that's incorrect. What? It was B, Decoration Day. Well, that Decoration Day, that's the stupidest thing in the world. It could be Valentine's Day. It could be Labor Day. It could be Christmas. Decoration Day, that is the most... Ugh. Okay. Uh, I mean, that's history. Uh, I don't know that you can really besmirch mm, much about I that. I besmirch all I want. But unlike normal who wants to be a millionaire, Deb, you get to keep going. Do you want to play the next question? I do. She sure does. Deborah, the American Civil War resulted in the creation of the country's first what? A, national cemeteries, B, national monuments, C, national guard, or D, National Security Administration. The American Civil War resulted in the creation of the country's first what? National Cemeteries. Deb, you're going with A, National Cemeteries. You feel really confident about that? I do. Final answer? Final answer. Lock it in. Deb, the answer is A, National Cemeteries. She's one for two, folks. We love to see it. Would you like to keep playing Who Wants to Be a Memorial Day Millionaire? (laughs) I do. Oh, my God. Fantastic. Here we go. Trying to find good questions here. 
Where is the official birthplace of Memorial Day? Is it A, Massachusetts? Is it B, Virginia? Is it C, New York? Or is it D, Pennsylvania? Where is the official birthplace of Memorial Day? That is the most ridiculous question in the world. Okay. <laughs> okay. We'll get with the writers after the show. Um, I'm going to go with B, Virginia. Keep in mind, I can't see any of these. Well, do you need to see the well, states? In, I mean, like, I can't see A equals Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Yeah. B equals, equals Virginia. Virginia. C, C equals, equals New York. And, B, and D, D equals Pennsylvania. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go with Virginia. Virginia, also for lovers. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Deb, are you going to lock in that final answer? going to lock in that final answer. The answer is C, New York. She's one for three. Here we go. Next up. Do you want to continue to play? You don't really have a choice in the matter. I feel like if I'd gotten three right, I would be. it would all be over. Three of them? If I'd gotten three, well, right. no, we were always going to play five. Oh, okay. We were always oh, okay. going to play five. Here's there we go. your next question. Okay. So daunting, so haunting. It is. Deborah, who is credited with starting the holiday, Memorial Day, or as it was called, Decoration? Decoration Day. Yeah. Is it A, Honest Abe Lincoln? Is it B, Robert E. Lee? Is it C, James Garfield, or is it D, General John Logan? Who is credited with starting Decoration Day, which became Memorial Day? A, Abe, B, Robert, C, James, D, John. Talk us through this thought process. Well, I don't think it was the Honest Abe. I think if it was Honest Abe, we just really know. Like, that would be something we would all know. Makes sense. Do you agree with that? Sure. <laughs> I mean, it's weird now because I know the answer. Can you give me a little wink-wink or something? That makes sense to me. (laughs) I don't think it was a general. It doesn't feel to me, but it could be a general. I mean, soldiers, all that. What was the general's name? John Logan. I'm going to go with John Logan. Never heard of him. Going to give this guy some credit right now. Going to lock in that final answer? Yep. Deb? Yes. The answer is D, General John Logan. Yay! Oh my gosh, two for two. Two for two. I'm getting more excited now. Here we go. Losing will just kill your spirit. Well, yeah, it's true. <laughs> it really gets you down in the dumps for the does, holiday season. It does. One more question. Okay. I have to search it. I've really only had four queued up here. Here we go. Here's a good one. Fantastic. How many soldiers are buried in Arlington National Cemetery? Is it A, 50,000? Is it B, 10,000? Is it C, 400,000? Or is it D, 1 million? Such a good question. I mean, you don't want it to be 1 million for sure. A, 50,000. B, 10,000. C, 400,000. Or D, one million soldiers buried at Arlington National Cemetery. Well, here's my thought. Mm-hmm. Every, Talk us through it. Every soldier doesn't go there. Lots of people want their soldiers to come home and be buried. Sure. Right? So the whole world is not being buried there. And I don't even actually know if there's a qualification to be buried there. Same. Nor do so, I. I have no um, idea. I'm going to go with 50,000. Deb, you're going with 50,000. Do you want to lock in that answer? I do. She's going with A, 50,000. The answer is C, 400,000. That was going to be my answer. I mean, that that was maybe 50,000 was like the initial people who were. I know. Who were uh, buried there. Such a big number. We need to end on a high note. Let's play one more. Let's do something completely insignificant. Okay. Approximately how many Americans barbecue on Memorial Day weekend? Okay. Is Good it question. A, 75%? Is it B, 25%? Is it C, 50%? Or is it D, 90%? How many Americans barbecue on Memorial Day weekend? A, 75, B, 25, C, 50, D, 
90. I don't think this is right, but I'm going to go with A, 75%. She's locking in 75%. Final answer? Final answer. Deb, the answer is... A, 75%. We end this on a high note. Let's start the podcast. Welcome to the Deb and Kev podcast. One is a Harvard Business School alum. The other is her son. Discussing business, pop culture, family, and everything in between. Now, here are your hosts, Deb and Kev. Hey, hi, hello, and welcome to the Deb and Kev podcast. Standing at attention over there, she's the Chuck Norris of our podcast, the former Air Force Airman First Class, Chuck Norris. It's my mom, Deb. I'm Deb. And I guess that makes me Gomer Pyle. I barely understand that reference yeah. myself. I'm her son, Kev, and this is our podcast. In- inform everybody who's younger than the age of 45 who Gomer Pyle is. You know, he's, he was like a goofy guy. Was he? I think he was originally on Andy of Mayberry. Oh, the Andy Griffith show. The Andy Griffith show. Yeah, he was originally on that. He was like, well, I mean, there was Don Knox who was goofy, but I think Gomer Pyle was on there. Lovable, but goofy. And then the thing about Gomer Pyle, whatever his real name was, he could really sing beautifully. On the show? No, I mean, like in life. Oh. Yeah, really had a beautiful voice. I uh, I feel like you and Father have made reference to Gomer Pyle. Like he's a, he he was the slapstick kind of comedian, right? Yeah, Always like, getting into shenanigans. If we would have said, oh, you're the Gomer Pyle Got for it. sure. Yeah. Don't be Gomer Pyle. You know, that kind of thing. Don't be a Gomer. Don't be a Gomer. Yeah. On today's show. An ironic business segment for Deb today. Deb is going to talk to us about managing your calendar and maybe your time. Can't wait to see how this goes. We're going to grab our boards and surf the World Wide Web in search of worthwhile stories, videos, or general content as we say, good job, internet. And just like a Kmart red light special, we'll close out this episode by telling you what's for dinner and what we're thankful for. But first... We talked on Thursday about the This Is Us finale. We watched it. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about it? Give us your general synopsis, because then we can put that topic to bed, just like the series itself. I thought um, when it first opened, yep. I thought, oh, this is going to be a killer. Yeah. This is going to be a killer. And I kind of got really teary in the very beginning, Oh yeah, just at the very thought of it. It was a very, I'm going to say, ethereal, light, dreamy montage for sure is what it was um for me a little disappointing though there were a couple of moments but i think they were really the only good moments of it It was a great moment uh when deja and randall on the front porch great moment um not that big of a moment with the three on the front porch but okay no just making sure that they don't drift from one another exactly and there was the funny line about kevin you can't swim you can't drift right you know um Great moment between my boy Toby and Kate. Oh, yeah. Super sweet. Great moment. Team Toby for life. Yeah. Um, some of the back and forth, the the three playing four square when they were little. Yep. And then now the grandchildren playing four square. Time is a flat circle. Time is a flat circle. Um, I think I loved the piece. You know what I loved about the realistic part of her dying was those sweet moments when she said, I mean, she wasn't with us in, like in the real world, but right. um, I'm afraid. Right. And every time she said, I'm afraid. I have so much more I want to do with them. Yeah. yeah. Th- but there was also someone there that said to her, I know that's normal, but you don't need to be. True. Which I just kind of loved that. Do you know what I mean? Yep. The confirmation that the feeling was completely right, normal, and yet unnecessary, you know? So but, I think, I mean, my biggest thing with the with the takeaway from the with the entire series finale is, you know, it's, it's a snapshot of this family's life, mm-hmm. right? And what it's showing you is the duality of the highs and the lows of life and how life is cyclical, but how oftentimes the, the, the most forgotten of days, the days where you don't expect anything can lend the most and most deep memories, right? Because right. she references her favorite day. Her favorite day was just an innocuous Saturday yep. with the kids and the and the boys were kind of being jerks. And Kate was just kind of wanting you know everybody to be around. And so then they ultimately ended up shaving and they started playing uh, pin the tail on the donkey. It was just kind of a 
throwaway Saturday, but meant everything to her. Right. So that lives in her brain. But her passing will forever live in her kids' brains, right? So there's this innocuous day juxtaposed to this like most powerful day that they'll all exist, which is they no longer have parents, right? It's They are now the parents. They are the matriarch and patriarchs of their immediate families. And so you're right. There wasn't a big to-do. We weren't sobbing our eyes out. There were certainly like very sweet and tender moments that happened in that finale. Are you going to cry? Don't cry. Don't cry. I don't have a tissue in here. Don't cry. You're fine. And you describing it is like way better (laughs) actually watching the end of the show. I'm just sitting here welling up. But I think that's what's really wonderful about that show and really life is oftentimes it's the memories that you never anticipated having that loom larger than most. And then there's the moments where you're like, you know, you're going to remember eulogizing a parent and then everything that comes after that. But the best part of course was Deja telling Randall on the front porch steps that he's going to have a grandson. And he says, I love all the women in my life. I love all the black women in my life. I love all the, uh, what did he say? All the, what's the female, uh, hormone, all oh, t- uh, estrogen, all the estrogen, but I am so happy for a grandson. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and he did a happy dance. It was just sure. this great moment of like, and as he said, you know, life just keeps going. The birds keep yeah. chirping. I thought about work today. I'll wake up tomorrow and I'll take a shower. The, the, the big machine of life ever yeah. forward. But I think it's important that we understand both in the show and in real life, to really appreciate all the moments, the big ones, the small ones, and everything in between, because that is, in fact, what life is. 100%. I've got, like, big tears sitting here with no tissue, waiting to go down my face. Suck them back in. Try to suck. Suck them right back into your face. Lay my head back and suck them back in. I mean, I do really think, like, I, I, I love... The little particular things he said. Yep. Like, you know, he was kind of saying things are pointless, which was he was feeling super sad in that moment. But I do love it. The part about like, I thought about work today. Right. Like, like, is that like somehow bastardizing the day of my mother's death? Of course not. Because I thought about work today. Right. Yep. You know, and it is the little tiny things that, um, you know, it's like, I've loved all my daughters. I'm a girl dad. Ooh. Boy, yeah. I get a grandson. Finally, you know something I mean? with a penis hanging finally, around. Finally, yep. finally, I've been the one guy in this family that's been deprived of all that, right? Yeah. And yet he was the perfect girl dad, totally. for sure. You know, I do think it is one of those things where, um, you know, when somebody lo- loses a loved one, and it is so hard because in that moment we're sad, you know, we're grieving, we feel like the world is ending a little bit, or at least. A thing is ending. Sure. Do you know what I mean? A big chapter of your life is closing. A huge chapter of your life is closing. But really, that's really happening in such a tiny silo yep. in the perspective of the world. Do you know what I mean? Of course. And one of the things that I always say, grief is real. Grief lingers with some of us longer than others. And you know, there's no um, absolutely no judgment on how anybody manages their grief. But the truth of the matter is, it was that person that was supposed to leave the planet today, yep. not anybody else. And the rest of us that are here are supposed to be living rich and beautiful lives out of respect to that person yep. and hopefully what they left us. I, I think it was a good finale for what the show was. There was never meant to be this big, huge culmination with fireworks. It was, it was, it was about family. It was always about family. And I think it, it did a really good job of, of spotlighting the highs and lows of being a family. So the one thing I hope you took note of. What's that? At the memorial service. Yeah. They had a beautiful picture of Rebecca. Young Rebecca. Young Rebecca, young Mandy Moore. So when my day comes, Kevin, oh, yeah. don't put this picture of me up anymore. I'm going to put okay? up a, a gif of you laughing from the Deb and Kev podcast. <laughs> yeah, not that. Got okay? it. Noted. Something more like You're going to have to put that in your last will and testament okay? because yeah. otherwise we're just playing clips of the Deb and Kev podcast. Yeah, not that, Kev. Got it. <laughs> Speaking of time moving on, yes. uh, I had two things that happened this week that really made me feel my age. And they're mm. totally innocuous. All of 37. One was uh, just like, oh, that's interesting. Oh, that's that's run its course. The other one was like total epiphany moment. Okay. The first okay. one is this. Apple discontinued the iPod. Oh, you can't have that little thing that holds all your music anymore? So here's the thing. I didn't even really know that Apple was still making iPods. 
I just assumed it died once the iPhone came out and could literally hold endless songs, but they were still making it. So I have an iPod. Oh, so do I. I have two of them. Well, dad bought me one. I never loaded any music on it. I didn't know what to do with it. Of course you wouldn't have. It was like wild to me. Like, what am I going to do with this little thing? And do I have to carry it around? And I don't understand it. So I literally have like a brand new one here somewhere. From 12 years ago. Like many years ago. Right. Yeah. No, I have two of them. One of which I think you engraved my name on it, which at the time was awesome. (laughs) So freaking cool. And then, you know, because they it could hold like 20,000 songs right, or something. Right, like right. 20,000 songs? I can't possibly imagine 20,000 songs. And there's so many corrupted files on that thing because I took it from LimeWire. I never used our our family's computer for that. I made sure to go brick somebody else's family's computer good, by good. illegally you. downloading Thank stuff. Thank you. So there's, there's, I have at least two of those things, right? Then there was the small little clip one that you could put on your shirt when you were running. Yeah, I don't even know about there's that There's like one. the long rectangular one. Oh yeah, I know about that there one. There was one that eventually had the all color digital screen. And then there was ones that eventually looked like just the iPhone, but it really only did app functions. So it was kind of like the iPhone light was the iPod. Oh, okay, okay. But so they discontinued it. And so if you have one, it doesn't work anymore? No, it still works, but they're not making anymore. Oh, okay. okay. So I think the iPod was around for twenty plus years. That's a long time. Totally. I mean, yeah, that ushered for technology. in technology. That ushered in a lot of uh, my generation's youth from right. you know uh, middle school and high school onward. Don't get in trouble. Just listen to music. Pretty much. But don't download any rap on there. Oh, there's a lot of rap on well, there because there's bad words. Lots of bad yeah. words on those yeah. iPods. No bad words on Deb's iPod because nope. she never knew how to use it. <laughs> I never knew how to use it. If you want a vintage iPod that's never oh, been touched, call me. Reached out to call the Deb and Kev podcast. But here's the here's the more seminal moment for me. The thing that really registered with me as like oh no type moment. So uh, I have a subscription to Spotify. Right. So when I go to the gym, I'll play any assortment of uh, pre-generated playlists. Yep. Whether it's hip hop, whether it's R and B, whether it's rap, whether it's you know. Uh, pop music, modern day, whatever it is. Sometimes I play classic rock music, which is awesome. Now, classic rock in my head is what? The Beatles. It's Fleetwood Mac. It's Crosby, Steels, Nash & Young, right? It's yeah. It's 60s, is it 70s. Is it that kind of stuff? And then yeah. maybe creeps into the 80s, okay. right? Yeah. So I'm looking at the classic rock playlist and I'm scrolling through and I'm like, oh, this is weird. Because there's bands in here that shouldn't be in here. This this playlist must be wrong. Lightbulb, no. Bands from the 90s Ooh. and the early 2000s They're classic rock are now? now considered classic no, rock. No, 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 that's not good. So that's like, wrong. Like Green Day. Green Day is not classic rock. They're in there. No. I swear to you, they're in there. Like Everclear, like all the 90s bands, Nirvana, Foo Fighters. What? I'm thinking to myself like, oh, some intern has done a terrible job with yeah. this classic rock music. That's not classic rock. That's not, David Grohl would even say that's not classic rock. Until you realize classic rock is usually 25 years hindsight, yeah. right? So that would imply that most 90s music is now classic rock. So now has our classic rock just dumped into 70s and 80s rock or something like called- that? Boomer rock. <laughs> yacht rock is still yacht rock. I mean, first off, yacht rock is amazing. Everybody should go listen to yacht if rock. If you haven't listened, now, now here's what I want to say to everybody. Yeah. It sounds like I'm saying yacht, like Y O T, like I thought, what, I heard people talk about yacht rock for a while. Yacht, like what? What other word is yacht? No, I mean, like just phonetically, I thought it was like some little play on something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah oh, like yeah, an acronym. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Got it. That's okay. what I thought. Yacht rock, you yeah. know? What it is, is yacht, like yacht. a ship. Like you're on a boat with Bezos. Y-A-C-H-T, yacht rock. Yeah. 99% of the time, it will start with a Hall & Oates song. Uh, I don't think <laughs> legally it can't start with a Hall & Oates song. Always yeah. a Hall & Oates song, yeah. to the point that you go, could we get past the Hall & Oates song yep. and get on to the I've rest of the I've already heard music? this 9,000 times. Exactly. But it is... The best background, yeah. good music. You sing to it a little bit. You can't help but hear it a little bit. Un- not offensive to any generation on the planet. Yacht it's rock great. Music is upbeat music without being uh, sweaty, right? Like right. you're not supposed to like get up and fist pump to but this yacht. But you'll notice it. But like if you're having a casual conversation, you can tap your foot. Somebody else might be snapping, right? But nobody's going like 
full bore hardcore dancing and it's always uplifting like whenever the next song plays big smile for those of us that have are probably never going to get the chance to be on a multi-million dollar yacht though it could be a bucket list thing but Uh, we have many offers the podcast receives many (laughs) offers think of this enormous yacht yep like i don't know in the mediterranean in the caribbean and I mean, just the kind of music that you would want playing all day long, like through breakfast, through laying out in the sun, yeah. through a cocktail here, a cocktail there, through cruising through little ports. That's it's it's the perfect music. It's, it really it's, is. It's evergreen music. You yeah. can play it at any hour of the day in any setting. Yeah. And you're going to be happy to tap your your foot along. Exactly. To it. So, did you ever have a moment where you were like? Oh my gosh, my music is now old music because I mean you and dad raised me on your your eras of music, right? right. So to me I knew it was not mine. I was listening to it when I was right. 6. You know, the Doobie Brothers weren't weren't for Kevin Zener the the 5-year-old, right. Right. right? But but I liked it. But was there a moment where you're like, "Oh no, like our music's considered old?" So yeah, I do think I think there was um you know, like Kurt Cobain, oh no, our music's old, that kind of time period. When? But when did that happen? When did it happen for me? Yeah. So when did he die? Do you know? I mean, early 90s. Early 90s. So probably, I mean, you were born in 84. Probably by early 90s, mid 90s, I started going, this is a little uncomfortable. Like, I don't like the new music that's coming out. Oh, so wait, hold on. Let me clarify. So you thought, Nirvana ushered in a new form of music. Yes. So that was the bridge between, oh, this is the music I knew and grew up with. And like. And now this is the the new and different music that maybe has lost me a bit. Yeah, I, get, I didn't know that I was waiting for um, Adam Levine and Justin Timberlake to be born, right? And oh, really, got it. I mean, they would really born. make Deb feel comfortable listening to new music again. <laughs> really make me feel comfortable. On repeat. Listening or, you know, I mean, I don't know. A little uptown. So ironically, the woman from Seattle did not like the Seattle grunge era of rock and roll. The grunge thing was not my deal. And then, of course, initially, I want to say initial rap. There's certainly rap today that I think is fun. Maybe not real Oh Wait, name a couple (laughs) of modern day rappers for us. I don't know any rappers, but I want to say like when there's a mix, a remix of where there's a rap and then other music. Nope. Let me clarify. (laughs) When there's a rap song that features Bruno Mars, Deb loves it. <laughs> Deb's in on it. Okay, so your age group is laughing hysterically, yeah. rolling on the floor, and my age group yeah. is going, well, yeah, Kev, that yeah. makes sense. When when yeah. Wiz Khalifa featuring Adam Levine yeah, drops, Deb's exactly. all about it. I'm all about it, yeah, uh-huh. for sure. Um, if, something de- if somebody does something with Elton John, that works, right? Of course. Yeah. Never so, doesn't work. Never doesn't I'll work. I'll tell you one of the really funny things about music is... Uh, when you hear a remix of a mm. song that you know. Yeah. Like uh, Mariah Carey's... Da, 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 da. What, what is that song? Oh, baby, walk right every night. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sweet. So that song is now in a new, like, mm. Billboard Top 20 song yeah. as a sample. But then that song was huge, right? But then I can remember that that is a sample of a Tom Tom Club song. So you're just watching the same song get repurposed for each generation because it's great. And the worst part is whatever version you know yeah. and you like, you're like singing along and then it takes a left-hand turn yeah. and you go, what just happened? Oh, yeah. Like, what just happened? Well, the modern day version, Deb, is a yeah. lot about women and their bodies and yeah. sexuality. There's all that. Yeah. Uh, Mariah Carey's was just about kind of living a fun life. <laughs> and the Tom Tom Club was kind of about drugs. So you can find whatever you really want in the span of that song. I can remember thinking, like, I need to protect him from those video games. Just generally. Sure. Those video games. The video games that you bought me, the PlayStation 4 and the game 4, and I could go beat as many people and prostitutes as I wanted. Yeah, that. And I needed to protect you from rap music. Yeah. How'd that go? Yeah, that wasn't good. Not great. You loved rap music the second you heard it. I was a middle-class white kid from the suburbs. It was my anthem. (laughs) So this Nobody understands the struggles of me. (laughs) You will see these girls on Instagram and they're probably your age. I mean, like they're moms. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it, and I mean, I think these are one of the, and these are, I mean, been going on forever on Instagram, but it, they make me laugh so hard because they look like cute young moms. Sure. Going to right? church. And they're like in the kitchen making something for their babies or something. Yeah. 
and some rap song comes on and that girl is at the club and yeah. loses her mind. Yeah. And you go, oh, so you weren't always a mom, right? I, I mean, mean, one of the hilarious jokes is, you know, when, when my kids are old enough to appreciate music, I can't wait to share with them the music that I grew up with. And right. it's like, you know, juvenile back that ass up stuff like that. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Those are I the like fun big things. Butts, yeah. Right. You know, exactly. Um, I, and here I was sharing Frank Sinatra with you, right? I yeah. mean, come on. I mean, but Frank, there was a lot of sexual innuendo in what Frank was saying too. Oh my too. gosh. We could break it all apart today. Our I generation, mean, just a little more straightforward with it. For sure. In your face. In your face. With those booties. There you go. Uh, so yeah. So I just, uh, I had that moment. I was like, oh, there's no accident here. You're old. Your music is old. You are now, your music is now being thrust into your parents' music. Right. And, and you will, Sad. you will circle around. I mean, it is interesting because you will circle around when you think, well, I don't like that genre. I don't like that genre. Yeah. And then as happened with rap, somebody needs to come along yeah. and soften it up. Some, I mean, the guy that figures out the guy or girl that figures out if I just like if I used original rap, if I make it a little less crass, and if I just soften it up, I can grab the moms. Do you know what I mean? I I mean the moms listening to it, right? Deb's describing something that's not rap related. Hey, yo, mama, I want to <laughs> help you with your baby. Maybe we could lately go to the old navy. <laughs> Did you just make that up? Of course, because oh that's God. the kind of rap you're looking for. <laughs> Whitewashed white person rap. Oh my God, you're killing me. You're so yeah, so me. so whenever that whenever that commercial industry rapper comes yeah. to the forefront, yeah, you got an audience I, in depth. I, I'll be your I'll be your audience. All right, Deb. As someone who is always on time, mm-hmm. who always hits her dates, mm. who's never been late. For a single thing in her entire life, including this particular podcast, yeah. why don't you talk to all of us about what goes into managing your professional and maybe personal calendar? So, you know, and as the person who at the beginning of every Zoom says, let me grab a cup of coffee. Oh, yeah. No, here's Deb's, here's Deb's go-to. And this is just Deb's way of thinking. <laughs> When we say nine o'clock, yeah. she's she thinks nine oh five. That's what I think you mean. And so because Deb runs late, nine oh five can be nine ten. Not that often. So when the appointment is set for nine, mm-hmm. understand that you have a ten minute window oh, for, for sure. Deb to show up <laughs> well, in for there. coffee and stuff. So I literally will look at the computer. Yeah. So this is how my mind goes. But, and look at look at, and I love how you say, no, but if coffee's involved, it's totally <laughs> fine. I, I get that ten minutes. So this is how my mind goes. I think if I have the laptop up. Okay. I think if I get it open, yeah. so somebody has to let me in a room or whatever. Okay. Right? If I've gotten that far, I'm on time. And so they be, let you in, your video screen comes up. And I can go no get No Deb of- <laughs> whatsoever. Exactly. But the effort was there. The effort was there. Okay. I mean, there is, it doesn't say Deborah Ziener blank. We don't trust that person. With no video. With no video. Sure. I'm willing to open the screen, which I think is a thing. Screen should be opened. Yeah. Right. And uh, usually you'll see me going, going to grab a cup of coffee. Yeah. And then I run, you know. Right. Um, and grab the cup of coffee. But again, the meeting started at nine. <laughs> I do, and Deb is sitting down with her look, hot mug of coffee mm-hmm. at nine ten, being like, "Fill me in on the hot goss, everybody." I, I literally will look at it and say like nine oh four, and I will think to myself, "Not bad." Exactly. <laughs> you know. Exactly. So, so hey, be the, be the voice <laughs> and talk to us about managing one's okay. time and calendar. So calendars are such a weird thing. I, in my perfect world, because I'm very tactile. I would love a paper calendar all the time. Oh, I don't want to carry it around with me, but really I would love it. I would love a giant whiteboard calendar for a year to be in front of my face Got constantly. It. Like that's what I would love because when I think of calendars, I don't think of it like a Google calendar, the way it appears. I literally think, I mean, as you would picture month by month, 12 months, right? Yep. And I like to look out. So I don't like to do that thing of, you know, so many calendars don't let you really look out. It's day by day. It's day by day or week by week, and that doesn't make me happy. But I have a client that um, I worked with for years, and she would say, this is super, super funny. I mean, this was always funny to me. She would say, we need to hire somebody new for the front desk. You know, we need to hire a new receptionist. But Lord, it takes them so long to learn the calendar. Yeah. And I would be like, how is that? I mean, how, how can it be so hard? And, you know, of course, it was automated. I mean, it was, you know, on a computer, 
But I mean, still, I would be like, how can people not figure out the calendar? And I really think what she was talking about was not just understanding their appointments, right? But also understanding because this person would manage the calendars of, let's say, eight or 10 financial planners, right? Yep. But she also insisted that people incorporate their personal calendars to their work calendars so that we, we knew the whole big picture of what was going on. She didn't care if you went to the vet. She didn't care if you went to the doctor. She wanted it all on the calendar. I don't think it was the calendar was learning. The calendar was as big of a deal as it was of just getting it all on the calendar in the right place because she wanted the calendar to be the Holy Grail, right? Got it. That was her, that was her directory for everybody. Right. Now she was very clear like put your personal stuff on there. If not, we think you're available. Got it. And there's no judgment for putting your personal stuff on there. Feels like a trap. Feels like a trap. And I think people thought it was a trap, yeah. but it really was not a trap. It was just, <laughs> it was not a trap. She wanted the calendar to be right. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. So that's what people who set traps say. I agree. So I now am, you know, for the last 15, 20 years, I've only been charged my own calendar. Right? Correct. And I do everything in my iPhone, live and die by the iPhone calendar, happy as can be. So now I'm working with this group that is like making me use a Google calendar. And I, first of all, I don't know if I love the Google calendar, but I fill it in all the time. I do everything I'm supposed to. Here's what I've realized about myself and others. And I was so happy that it wasn't just me. You know, and I went and looked on Amazon if I were to buy a paper calendar, like a, you know, notebook to carry around. It says appointment calendar. They all say appointment calendar. I think people have in their minds that their calendars are for appointments. They're for travel. They're for, I'm going here. I'm going there. It's to let you know. But the one thing that I see that people fail to put in their calendars is when they're actually working. And what I mean by that is, so I could have a typical day where I really might be blocked if you looked at my calendar and it's Zooms or phone calls all day long, Yeah. right? Yep. Well, I didn't get anything done, done. Now, did I have meetings? Did I get something done? Yes. Did I help somebody through something? Did I get something done? Yes. I mean, yes, stuff got done, okay? Mm -hmm. But if I have any kind of work that I actually needed to create that was never accounted for in the calendar, does that make sense? Yes. And so then what do I do? I end up doing it at night. I end up doing it on the weekend to squeeze it into my, what I'm going to call now is my Zoom calendar, right? Yeah. I think we forget that it is entirely legitimate to schedule our work so that we're not interrupted. And I think people forget that. So if you have a project, and I'm not talking about, oh, I have a project with Kevin, which really sounds like an appointment with Kevin, which really sounds like a meeting with Kevin. Yeah. Forget that. I'm just talking about blocking out an hour and a half because I need quiet. I need people not in my ear. I need to not be on Zoom because I need to get something done. Mm-hmm. And it feels to me, and it might be different in other businesses, but it feels to me like I see people forgetting that piece of it and then trying to squeeze that piece of it in somewhere else. I'm I'm equally as bad with the calendar. Uh I have worked for myself for a long period of time. And then there are other people who want access to my calendar to be able to see when they can fit stuff in. And I know that they look at my calendar and they're like, oh, he's got nothing but free time. Right, right. And that's fine. Whatever. Nobody's talked to me about it. But it is, it does feel invasive. It does. And it feels vulnerable to try to put down all of the different things that you're doing throughout the day and running the risk of, Judgment's not the right word, but you know, sub like subliminal criticism where somebody's just looking at it and they'll never talk to somebody about it, but they'll be like, Oh, mm. dental appointment? Hmm. Yeah. Mm. Jerk. Right? So- yeah. Something like that. Um, but I see what you're saying and I understand it. It's just really tough if you haven't kind of been groomed in that. Like there's a lot of people who have never not had to have their calendar public. So for them, it's right. totally fine, right? 
I mean, uh, well, there's a whole generation right. that only knows that. There's the rest of us that are like, this is like a private thing. Right. I kept my calendar in this binder and there was a rubber right. band around it and exactly. you never got to see it. You would call me, I would open it, I would look at it and I would let you know where you fit as opposed to you having carte blanche to my entire dossier and then fitting yourself in where applicable. That's not like new to me. That's not like a revelation to me, but but because I work primarily in a silo, it's weird when other people want access to make sure that you can fit their schedule. 100%. And I think one of the things, so here's what I would say like to the bosses and managers of the world is, I mean, if you share a public calendar, I mean, you see calendars, yeah. they see yours, please look at your people's calendar and give them permission to actually schedule in work. Yes. Okay. Let's just be upfront about that, right? If it is a salaried position, meaning that sometimes they're going to work overtime, they're going to travel for you, they're going to do extra, then let them put that personal thing or two in the calendar without judgment so that the calendar is true, right? I mean, sure. it's honest. It's reflective of the the whole day, right? Yeah. And then the other part of it is to the people and your own calendar, I mean, I really would say if you have to create product, if you have to do any kind, if you have to, I'm going to say review spreadsheets, if there is time that you need a loan in order to accomplish your work, boldly put it on, declare it, and I mean, make that sacred space for yourself. And don't let people schedule over it. I mean, I've had also people just ignore stuff on my calendar and schedule over it. Like, no, no. I mean, you can only be one place at a time. That's science. That's science. And sadly, Google will let you do that. True. Yeah. Google will say, you want nine meetings all at once? Bet. Let's go. See how, let's see if you can multitask. So, you know, when you talk about um, the calendar that is the binder that the rubber band is yeah. around and all of that. I, I mean, think you have nine of them somewhere over there. In the day of those calendars, the calendar was almost a diary of your life. Sure. I mean, you could have looked back and gone, oh my gosh, you know, and the calendar would have been, there would have been notes in there. There would have been receipts in there. There would have been all sorts of things in there. Obviously that's all done electronically now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But um, I do think we, I just want to say I've, and I don't think it's just me. i see young people that I work with that literally don't schedule time in their day to get their, I'm going to say their actual assignments done, if yeah. you will, because it's so laden with meetings, which then leads me to the next thing. And that will be the last thing. Think twice about how many meetings you need people. Mm. We need whatever you think we need, cut it in half because we, there is meeting fatigue for sure. And I would say this, obviously when you have meetings, you're working, but does that mean it's productive work? Because if it's not productive work, and if you've asked a number of people to be on a meeting who aren't really contributing, they're just there to like audit or something, that's a waste of an hour. But that's, it's a waste of a cumulative amount of hours because depending on how many people are there, it could be a waste of an hour for an individual, two hours for two, three for three, yeah. and so on. So you are not stealing money or stealing time, but you mm -hmm. are certainly wasting it yep. by forcing people to be on arbitrary meetings that could even be phone calls. Here's a novel thought. Can we get back to having phone calls? Phone Thank calls, you. just call me. Let me put my earbuds in. Let me walk around the house. I can yep. do a little laundry. I yep. can make some food. I can clean my room. All the while, we can have the most constructive conversation about whatever we need to talk about. Just because we lived through a pandemic and now we're all comfortable talking in front of a camera doesn't mean every single meeting has to be in front of a camera. I, no, I agree 100%. I mean, someone had said to me, hey, we'll give you a Zoom room. Yeah. I said, don't give me a Zoom room. I don't, I don't want, want a Zoom one. room. I don't want a Zoom room. I don't want to set up my own Zoom. I mean, if I have to be invited to one, I'll go. But if it's up to me, I'm going to talk to you on the phone because I'll also get you off faster. If you scheduled a time to talk to somebody on the phone yeah. and made it an hour, everybody would have a stroke. Insane. That's insane. I mean, you'll go like 15, 20 minutes max. Yeah. And that, then if you talk for 40 minutes, awesome. Yes, of course. Zooms, there's just like an hour, right? Yep. Always an hour. So I'm telling you, meeting fatigue, Zoom fatigue, it's too much. And that is education from a woman who struggles to follow her own advice. You know, Kevin, you make those blanket <laughs> statements. 
like you think I have bad time management. You do. I don't. You do. No, I don't. You do. Kevin, just not great. Just because you make me laugh doesn't mean you're right. It's not the best. (laughs) If there's a tier system, you're nowhere near the top. I'm near the top. Nope. Get away from me. You'd be late to get to the top. Don't breathe my air anymore. That's fair. Okay. You probably weren't in the room to breathe it in the first place. (laughs) Okay, Deborah. it's been a minute since we've done this, but I gave you the homework last night. And as always, not just me, but the entire listening audience is gripped with anticipation to see what you bring to the table in the segment that we call Good Job Internet. We scour the internet to find interesting videos, interesting articles, whatever exists on the internet, we want to talk about it. But if you're Deb, it can also just exist and she'll happily talk about it too. So everybody knows that I kind of struggle with this because- Which again is incredible. I know, but I did it this week. I think I did a good job this week. I can't wait. I'm going to go first. Love it. Shoot. So there is a city in Germany- it's called Tübingen. Tübingen. I mean, there's a Upsilon over the U. Tübingen. 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 So anyways, this city, 90,000 people. So good size. Yeah. Not small. No. I mean, the pictures. This looks like a fairy tale. There's a beautiful river that runs through it. All of the houses are gorgeous, like colorful. Um, feels almost a little Scandinavian when you look at it. It wouldn't identify just as German. Yeah. But incredibly lush surroundings. So there's a university there. A third of the population are university age or young 20s. Okay. So it really is influenced by a younger population. Got it. Right? Okay. It is a very green city. All right? Got I mean, it. They care. Ecologically, they're on the forefront. I would think that we would, from what I've read about them, it's a pretty progressive city. Okay. Okay. So they're always trying new things to make the world a better place. Love it. Right? The city is like mostly vegan. Okay. And so the question, I mean, really interesting, this one guy was talking about, you know, where we would say to you, hey, like if you were coming over to my house, uh, do you have any food allergies I need to know about? Which I think nowadays we ask more and more, yeah, right? of course. Like now they would put meat with food allergies. Oh, interesting. Like, I mean, do you yeah. consume meat? I don't dine on swine. Right. So, so many of the restaurants are totally vegan. They they have like beautiful communal housing where there's shared kitchens, shared meals. I mean, you live in your own apartment, but you know, the kitchen part Got it. and those typically are vegan and showed one apartment building where everybody was growing a different little crop on their deck. Do you know what I mean? To contribute to the communal kitchen. So very vegan, very progressive, very green. And it sounds like, I mean, they all get along really well. So, one of the things the city council, they've been slowly integrated, been very, very concerned about the packaging of food to go, okay. which would make sense in a city of this size, right? That they would care about the waste of that and things being recyclable and not. And one of the problems that they found is they did they they made a law about having to use recyclable products for all of the, the to-go food, if you will. The problem with that is food is on it. And once food is on it, often it's just considered contaminated and it goes into the landfill, okay? Okay. So then some restaurants, the progressive restaurants, <laughs> went a stage further and they said- I think, I keep thinking we're going to have a period at the end of this and Deb's like, and wait, there's more from two There's again. more, we're almost there. So it would be like- you call the local um, chutney house. You call for Indian food. As I often do. Yep. And you go, I want this and I want that. And they tell you to bring your container and they'll fill it. And then you take it. Nice. Okay. So that some people have gone that far to really save. There's been discounts given, tax breaks given to people that only use real dishes and all of that. But. Um, oh, that, but Wait. There's more. There's a McDonald's there. Okay. Now, obviously, there's the whole meat thing, right? Clearly. Okay, well, so there's that. You can call it meat, sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it does I'm have I'm sure Germany has worms. far different standards yeah. than us. So McDonald's says, no, none of this can apply to us. 
look at all the packaging we have to use. So the new law that's supposed to go into effect is your packaging is actually taxed 15 to 20%. So it drives the cost of everything up, right? So think of McDonald's, every wrapper, every holder, every, I mean, like your McDonald's meal suddenly goes sky high. Right. Kind of rightfully so in a weird way, right? Okay. It's a fat tax. It's a fat tax. So all of the little businesses, which it's much harder for them, are complying. Do you mean they're all saying, no, 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 we'll do it. Costs a little more, but it's right. Bring your Tupperware. McDonald's is suing Tubigan. Capitalism can't thrive over in a European nation. McDonald's is suing a vegan community. Yeah. A vegan community that doesn't want McDonald's waste products in the form of wrappers in their community. And if they're going to be there, they at least want a tax charged. I mean, this is awful. Don't you think this is awful? The story or this? (laughs) First of all, the story of Tubigan is lovely. Don't you agree? So lovely. You're so lovely. It's so lovely. I don't like you anymore. We, I'm not, listen, I'm not playing this game. We're all moving all. to Tubigan just so we can get as immersed in Tubigan as we were in that story. <laughs> oh, Kevin. Seven <laughs> minutes later, the Tubigan story ended. That was almost as long as the business segment. But hey, oh my God. if you want to live in a clearly liberal-leaning, yep. vegan European that's city beautiful. that's Storybook. gorgeous and yep. is chasing out big business, move you and your family all the way to Tübingen, Germany. And people are on the average in Tübingen are much smarter than the rest of, of us. Of course they are, because they don't live in America. There Here's one of mine. <laughs> And I promise this is going to be a fraction of the time. All right. Have you seen this video? Have you heard heard about this? Have you seen this? It's like a ring doorbell, but I think it's one of the floodlights, okay? Yeah. And you see this bald eagle come screaming in. It's like on a front porch. I haven't seen that. This bald eagle comes screaming in, and it is essentially trying to attack something that's below the camera. Right. And you're like, what could it possibly be attacking on a front porch? Right. Right. So weird. package. Then you just see this goose start running from the front porch and it's not flying. It's just like doing like the a goose, goose running waddle run thing, right? And it's a big bald eagle that like has its talons out and ready to snag this goose. And out oh, of no. nowhere, this woman comes running out of the front of the house, no top on. What? Breastfeeding a baby. <clears throat> what? Dead sprint trying to chase the eagle away from the goose because it's her pet goose. Oh, no. It's, I want to say the video's 20 seconds long. It is pure chaos for 20 oh, seconds. I want to see that. Will you send it to Absolutely me? chaos. Because you're like, what's this bald eagle attacking? Oh, my gosh, it's a goose. Why is this person getting involved? Why is there a child latched to her breast? <laughs> Oh my God, it's her pet goose because then they go back inside. Oh, the goose goes in with her. Oh my God. So, but think about this. I mean, here's what's crazy about it this all happened in Tubigen, Germany. (laughs) It's because the bald eagle said, I will not be vegan. I can't can't be charged for the wrappers. Yeah, Yeah. this is all natural. But uh, but I won't leave a wrapper when I'm all done with the goose. Okay. So, I mean, geese are pretty big. Pretty fast. This is a big heavy. goose. Yeah. I mean, size-wise, the birds look the same, but wow. one's obviously a carnivore and the other one's fat and waddling. Fat and waddling and going to be your liver pate one day. But anyways, aside from that, it is shocking to me that the eagle would go after a goose. That feels... I think they go after anything. I know that. Well, I mean, I, you hear about like little dogs. Yeah. Apex predators, like that. man. But wow, a goose. That goose waddled well, didn't it? Waddled well, and kudos to that woman for being the most alpha of alpha women, breastfeeding a child, so providing safety there while saving her goose naked. And let's just pray the child doesn't know trauma from it. No, that'll be a great story. One heck of a therapy bill. So do you see how I encouraged you through that story? I sure did. Did you see how it was only a couple minutes long? (laughs) Okay, I've got a good one. Can't wait. So Disney, Disney's in the news a lot right now. Sure is. But this is a good Disney thing. Okay. So Disney and the Marriott Hotels have partnered, and this partnership I think is a while, Okay. um, but I just heard it on thing, partnered with, I think it's called Clean World, a company called Clean World. Now, Clean World was started by an African guy, came to America, 
stayed at just some seedy hotel in New York mm-hmm. that had soap bars. And the guy was like, they throw these away? Yeah. And he was just stunned by it. Clean World Now, 170 million tons of soap, like the little ones. So don't throw them in the garbage, people. Leave them out. Because apparently the maids gather them all up. They all go to this company, Clean World. They all are heated to a temperature that nobody's going to catch anything. And then they are distributed to 110 um, co- countries in need yeah. that really never see soap. I cool. mean, you know, it's just not a thing. Super cool. It makes that thing makes me so happy. It makes me happy that I use the soap. It makes me make them want to not use gel soap. It makes me want bar soap only. I am so happy to even unwrap soap I didn't use and leave it. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So that it will grab and be recycled and lovingly made into other bars of soap for people. And I think about it, think about never having had soap and then literally just being given a bar of soap. It would be like gold. We love that. I love that. Made me happy, happy, happy. I'll bet all the people in Tubigan, Germany send their soap oh, to one world sure. soap, and you know one what clean I, soap. And you know what I bet they don't do? I bet they don't buy soap that's wrapped in paper. No, they don't, because they have to pay 20% extra for it. (laughs) You have to pay 20% extra. Here's my next one. It's a video. It's of a five-year-old t-ball player. Have you seen this? Have you heard of this? Have you seen this? Is it a girl? Nope, it's a little boy. Okay. So the song that's playing is uh, Big Pun, I'm Not a Player, I Just Crush a Lot. So that song came out when I was in high school. Right. So this kid was negative 25 years old, right? He was barely a thought. His parents were probably singing along to it when I was singing mm. along to it. Good comparison. Good comparison. So it's uh, it's uh, in Ma- Manteca, California. All right. Kid's five years old. He's got his blue Cubs shirt on, gray pants, red cleats. Oh, you were a Cubs at one time. Was I? Yeah. Shout out Cubs. He's got his hat on. And so it's in between batters. So yep. it's his walk-up song, right? Oh, and it's okay. ironic. They're playing... Big puns, I'm not a player, I just crush a lot. It's really it's for mom and dad. Very sexual. Yeah. But this kid, from the dugout to the t-ball stand, is just dancing. Oh, my gosh. Like, nonstop. Like, the likes of which you would see 37-year-old Kevin on the dance floor at a wedding dancing. This kid- Oh, like, he's dancing, dancing. He's pelvic thrusting. What? He drops the bat at one point to helicopter his arm. What? He starts doing the the, the Charleston- Oh my gosh. And the, the, the song take, is still playing. Take the baseball bat away from him and just let him dance. At one point, he goes full five year old and he starts doing moves that nobody <laughs> has ever seen before, right? And he can hear everybody laughing. He's just yeah, like, he loves it. Eating it up. And finally, the song ends. He just kind of looks around like, what am I supposed to do now? And the coach hands him the bats like, now it's time <laughs> oh, to actually do this. That's good. I mean, it had tens of millions of views on TikTok. It was just so great because it somewhat reminded me of myself, which is, oh, Baseball's the background to me, the show that everybody came to see. And we never had walk-up music, but if I did, oh, it I imagine it would have been sure. very similar to what this kid did. For sure. Everybody should have walk-up yeah. music. I love that. Fantastic. Deb, hit us with your last one. Okay. So listen, I just want to say today it was hard to find news that wasn't awful shooting news and things like that. Fair. And of course, we said we weren't going to talk about that. We're not. And We're if not. you try to go that way, I'm going to stop you. Because no, no, it's no. called Good Job Internet, not Horrible Job State of Texas. No, this is really Good Job Internet. Seriously. So this mom who wrote this article was, this is her fifth grader uh, was, there's an, I, apparently fifth graders now learn division a new way. Okay. So the kid's asking her for help. She has no idea. Sure. Like she only knows her way. Yeah. And so she's trying to show her way and he keeps telling her. It's like, this is not right. This is wrong. Yeah. No, no, that can't be right. So she literally calls the teacher and she makes appointment to go see the teacher to learn the new division. Wow. Okay. So she's in the classroom. I would at, never do that. Uh, well, you might, if you were a good parent. You want me to go back to school? Well, I mean, to teach my kids school after school for a Why little bit. Why do I bit. send them to school after school for a little bit? So, anyways, she goes up to the board and they go through the whole math. And she's like, like it really like tweaked her brain. Yeah. Like, I can't think Big that time. way, right? Finally got it down. They were both laughing. It sounds like this is a great teacher, right? She figured it out and she said, like, I have to be able to help him. So the teacher kind of gave her that perspective. They got it down. So then they were just sitting there talking. The teacher had all these little papers, notes on her desk from the kids. And the mom asked, what is that? And she goes, well, at the end of every week, I I tell them there are no promises, but tell me who you want to sit by next week. Because every Monday 
we move our desks and chairs around. Fun. So they get their top three. They get a pick. Oh, nice. Top, because they sit in pods of four. Okay. okay. So they get to pick. And then um, they get to vote for somebody that has had outstanding citizenship. Oh, wow. But they have to write why. Do you mean like why they're voting for that person? So she goes, so you move them all around according to their like favorites. And, and the teacher looks at her and she goes, no, actually, that's not what I do at all. She said, I just want the information because it kind of tells me who's popular, who's not, who I see all the kids that are requested by everybody. I see all the kids that are requested by nobody. She said, I see all the kids, it's typically popular kids that get you know, um, the citizenship thing. She said, periodically, it will be like a little lone wolf that somebody will have noticed that did something. But she goes, this is just data to tell me what's going on socially in my class. Love it. And she said, you know, I read this article about all these kids that end up being shooters. And there's so many things. They're lone wolves. They don't have a social life. You know, they weren't accepted. And so she said, so this is what I look for who's not getting requested by anybody else, who can't think of anyone to request, who never gets noticed enough to be nominated, who had a million friends last week and none this week. And she said, those are really the questions I ask myself. And then I pay attention to how I place them to make them the most comfortable and social and thriving for the next week. And she said, I don't want anyone falling through the cracks. I don't want to look back and think in fifth grade, I saw that in that child. And she said, so, I mean, I've started doing this. Some other teachers have started doing this. It just warmed my heart. It warmed my heart that she was kind of telling the kids one thing. They were all participating in it. It was for a whole nother really good purpose. And that this this is the kind of teacher we all want, right? And that this teacher was, you know, kind of like not on my watch. It's not going to happen. So what I want to say out there, we can think whatever we think, it's wrong for children to not be safe in school, period. Done. That is wrong. It is right to have good ideas like this, and it is right for Mitch McConnell to do something about the gun laws that are sitting in Congress waiting to be voted on. I agree. My last one is this, and it's uh, somewhat Memorial Day themed, though everybody is alive in this. Uh, it is a United States Marines commencement ceremony, and it's clear that the ceremony has happened and all the families are kind of filtering around. And you're watching this older gentleman. Uh, his name is James Williams. He's wearing a, a baby blue polo and a white baseball cap. And I would say he's in his late 70s, early 80s. And he walks up to this girl in her full Marine fatigues. And what we don't know is that's his granddaughter. Mm. But his granddaughter, Charlotte Williams, is a second lieutenant. He retired as a staff sergeant. She now outranks him. I love it. He walks up to her and he salutes her. And he says, uh, Staff Sergeant Williams requests permission, ma'am, to hug his granddaughter. It is the sweetest thing in the entire freaking Mm. world. And she says, permission granted. And he gives her a huge hug, right? And you can see there's like five people filming it on the other side. And this one guy who's just trying to be so cool in the middle of it (laughs) stops filming and just like really quick, just like wipes his eye. Those are like super cool life moments that you just don't expect to ever happen. Kevin, you're killing me today. <laughs> Tubigan doesn't hold Tubigan, not the fan of the military. They wouldn't have been able to have oh, a moment like this. They wouldn't have. That is beautiful. Super, is beautiful. super cool for everybody yeah. that got to witness it. And what an amazing thing for both of them on right. either end of the spectrum to have your grandfather, who served in Lord knows what war, right. salute you because you're following in his footsteps. And then he gets to watch his granddaughter following his footsteps, but be even better at it than he was. I pass him. Yeah. I mean, I do think as parents that, I mean, maybe there's some parents that don't think this way, but we want, we want you to bypass this. I mean, I want that. I want you to, whatever I did, I want you to just run past that goal line. Do you know what I mean? For yourself and do so much more for whatever it is you want. 
you know? Yep. So I do think, I love military families, and I do think for a military family, nothing could be more bring more pride than just your child wanting to go into the military. Do you know what I mean? Yep. And then to support that. But then it's not lost that it's a girl. Yeah. And that, you know, of course she passed him by. It's awesome. I love it. Super cool. I don't think I've ever gotten the original. This is that us (laughs) tears out of my eyes. And now they're like pushing back. Hey, if you're going to cry, cry on Memorial Day. All righty. Deb, what are you thankful for today? Or do you want me to go first? You go first. Okay. Suck back those tears. Okay. Uh, I'm thankful I was able to spend some time in the Bay Area this weekend. Saw my friends. We saw some concerts. It was beautiful weather throughout. I love the Bay Area so much. I always look forward to going there. If it wasn't, I don't know, the second most expensive place to live in the United States, I would probably contemplate moving there just because I love everything about it. But whenever you get to drive over the mountains and spend some time with, you know, your close personal friends who you haven't seen in a little bit, it's so much more fun. And then when you get to do stuff that you didn't normally get to do because of the last two years, like go to large festivals and very cool areas, it's a good thing. It's, it's something to be thankful for. And I was extremely thankful for that. Good for you, honey. Thank you. Was the weather good? Perfect. Oh, nice. Perfect. No, no complaints either in San Francisco or in Napa. Good, good. So my grateful is uh, dad had an infusion this week. He hasn't had one for a while. We've been wondering um, how it would go. Um, The last one did not go well. And we had a couple weeks of just really not feeling well. I don't know. He seems to have soared through it. He seems happy. He seems good. I mean, I'm going to say a little bit chipper. So I am so grateful for that. It makes me happy to see him feel well. Totally, And that's, Grateful, grateful, grateful all day. We love that. Yep. Deb, what's for dinner? Okay. So, speaking of barbecue. Oh, we are we going to be one of those 75%? Oh, we have to be, don't you think? I don't see why not. We love America. We we do love America. Well, we love parts of America. Yeah. I just think we're having steak. Steak? Yeah. With what kind of sides? Baked beans with pineapple and bacon? Oh, that would be good. You love that, too. Baked potato? No, not a baked potato. Mashed maybe, potatoes? Maybe a little potato salad. Pota- oh, I'm okay with potato yeah. salad. I think I think we're going to barbecue steaks. We'll do the beans and potato What's salad. What's a typical cold thing served with it? Watermelon. Oh, we could have watermelon. Is there watermelon out yet, though? Have you seen watermelon? For sure. In the stores? Yeah. The little ones I've seen. Oh, I yeah. I could get one of those. Yeah. There you go. Steak, watermelon, baked beans, potato salad. There you go. Ooh. Happy? That is some true Americana stuff right there. True Americana. Love it. Could have been a hot dog. I mean. Listen, I like a good hot dog. If you got a gluten-free bun, I'll eat a hot dog all day. Me too. I went to a Maryland football game. They're playing Michigan. I walked up to the concession stand. They said hot dogs. I said, oh, I wish I could have one. Gluten-free buns available. I got three of them. Oh, my God. Were they good gluten-free Fantastic. Buns? Because you know, like when you wrap the hot dog, yeah. it kind of makes the bread softer. Yep, yep, and yep. the biggest issue with gluten-free stuff is it tends to be a little hard and fall yep, apart. Yep. It's great. Awesome. It's like the wiener steamed it to make it soft. So when you put in the onions and the relish and the ketchup and the mustard, ugh, it's fantastic. I love that. If mm. you wanted to make hot dogs instead, I'd be happy with that. Okay, well, maybe Just I FYI. Will. All right. That is going to do it for this Monday Memorial Day episode of the Deb and Kev podcast. If you want, please like, rate, and review wherever you listen to this podcast. And feel free to follow us on all of our social channels at Deb and Kev Pod. Mom, I'm sorry I made you cry almost twice on this podcast. But that just means I love you to death. I love you, baby. Happy Memorial Day, everybody. We'll see you on Thursday. Thank you for listening to the Deb and Kev podcast. Remember to like and subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast. Follow Deb and Kev on Facebook and on Instagram and Twitter at Deb and Kev Pod.